Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, 12 angry birds. Anna brings the case against her boyfriend, David. David says Anna is addicted to playing electronic games to her own detriment. Anna says the games are simply recreational and relaxing and that she can quit anytime she wants. Is Anna a gaming addict? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Plunk your magic twanger, Judgey. Hiya, kids. Hiya, hiya, hiya. Now, kiddies, as you know, it's my job as the bailiff to keep order in this court and to occasionally shut pie holes. But it's also my job to wear salami on your head. To wear salami on my head. Exactly. I have a special bailiff's headdress of salami. And in fact, my badge is made of salami, too. And hold on. My badge is not made of salami, Judgey. It's made of mustard. It's a mustard badge, exactly. A delicious smear of mustard on my uniform in the shape of a star, and when it's the time for me to swear the litigants in, I go ahead... Kiss them with your sandwich lips. Yes, I get a big... I eat a big old sandwich, and I just kiss them on the lips. It can be any kind of sandwich, but my favorite is head salami and badge mustard. Oh, judgy. Judgy, you're just making mischief. You're making macaroni salad. And the secret is vinegar. You have to let the noodles soak in nice white vinegar, and then, and only then, can you... Swear them in, Bailiff Jesse. David and Anna, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Yes, I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he prefers, rather than to use a cellular telephone, to use an analog telephone, which he brings with him everywhere? Yes, most certainly. Very well, Judge Hodgman. You may be seated. Anna and David, for an immediate summary judgment in your favor, can either of you name what I consider to be the extremely esoteric cultural reference that I forced Bail of Jesse to make with me as I <laughs> entered the courtroom? You will, not, you will not know. I dare you to know. Anna. These are people are foreigners. I know that's why. Even if you are, even if you, Anna, what uh, 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 what country were you born in? Uh, Sweden. Well, and did you spend your childhood there? I did. Will you know the? You will not know the answer. Do you know the answer? I I don't. David, what country did you grow up in? In the in here in the United Kingdom. And you are in the United Kingdom right now, both of you. Uh, at this moment, yes. First of all, thank you for taking a moment from your ceaseless travel to speak to us from across the sea. That's quite all right. And you will not know you will not know the answer to this uh, to this uh, cultural trivia question that I have posed, will you? Um, n- no, I don't. It, well, it reminds me a, a little bit of something from a computer game that might have made me guess it, which was the beginning oh. of Day of the Tentacle. No, I, what is that? Day of the Tentacle. It's. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure it's a real computer game. Yeah, even I know about that. <laughs> you know about that one. This is what it's about, isn't it, Anna? I think computer Day of the Tentacle games. is one of those adventure games made by the guy who made uh, Escape from Monkey Island. They have a lot of uh, genial, lightweight jokes. Oh, okay. So it could have been. There could be an allusion to this. There could be an allusion to this in the. In the computer game, Maniac mentioned, too, Day of the Tentacle. 
There may, there, there could be. I was referring uh, to, or quoting, paraphrasing from a children's television program from 1955 to 1960 called Andy's Gang, Andy's Gang, in which host Andy Devine was frequently plagued by the mischief-making of a character called Froggy the Gremlin. Whenever Andy said, plunk your magic twanger, Froggy, he would appear. Psychedelic. And he would frequently, and he was just, and he was an, un, it wasn't even a puppet. It was just a rubber doll shaped like a frog. Why he was a gremlin, I guess, because he was magic. And he can control minds. So various adult characters would come on to give lectures to the children about what they do. They could be a beekeeper or a, a, a police officer or a cowboy uh, or, or anything. And Froggy would constantly undermine what they were saying by changing their train of thought and suggesting that they should use that honeycomb to comb their hair and the adult would do it and this is hilarious to children and oh they would laugh and laugh now why was i referencing andy's gang this esoteric piece of children's popular culture from the 19 late 1950s you don't know the answer to that either because it was referenced impossibly in a song from the 1970s called froggy's lament which was a song by the novelty song duo Bruckner and Garcia on the album Pac-Man Fever pertaining to Frogger. And when you were a child in the 70s, you would listen to this Frogger-based song and you would be enjoying all of the references to the video game Frogger, but every now and then Bruckner or Garcia, I'm not sure which one, would suddenly go, plunk your magic twanger, Froggy, or hiya, kids. And for years, I was like, why are they saying that? Until finally, someone pointed out to me, I don't know what weird teacher I had in elementary school, that that was a reference to this weird TV show from the 50s called Andy's Gang, itself a successor to the radio for the television show Smilin' Ed McConnell or Smilin' Ed McConnell's Gang. Because Smile and Ed McConnell had originated these characters, but then he died of a heart attack, and Andy Devine took over. Now, the whole reason that this happened was that I wanted to use the song Pac-Man Fever to open this case, but I couldn't, because we already did that a couple of years ago for another video game-related case. And Pac-Man Fever, of course, was Bruckner and Garcia's land, uh, groundbreaking song about Pac-Man addi uh, addiction, which is indeed what this case is about. But I couldn't use it because I already used it. And then I remembered Frogger. And then I remembered this weird uh, TV show. Then I went on the internet to find out about the TV show. I watched videos of this weird fat dude wearing a Mark Twain slash uh, uh, Colonel Sanders tie talking to this uh, uh, frog rubber doll. I thought I had passed out for a while because it was so odd that maybe I had dreamed it, but then I verified that it was true. And then I went on another weird sub-tangent down another rat hole of the internet to discover that Andy Devine also did an act... Uh, with a live cat named uh, Midnight and a live mouse called Squeaky, where he would force them to play music while they were essentially tied down. <laughs> like, Midnight was, was tied to a bench and forced to play a child's piano by someone off screen moving his paws around 
just like Keyboard Cat from the internet. And suddenly I flashed back to another time when someone sent me a tape of weird public access cable in the, in the mid-1990s from California, and there was this bit of this fat man torturing these live animals, and I had no idea the context at all, and it haunted me forever, and I thought it was the t- most terrifying thing. And every now and then, at night, I would think of Midnight and Squeaky and become too depressed to fall asleep all throughout the 90s, never making the connection until this very day. Wow. That they were both derived from the same creepy television, children's television program. And the lesson from this is the internet is addictive and distracting. And that, indeed, is what brings us to the case today. Anna, it is put before this court that you are addicted to casual games. How do you respond to this? Well, actually... I would like to uh, clarify that it is me who has brought this case against David uh, to... Excuse me. uh, Yes, exactly. uh, To ask him to stop calling me an addict to these computer games. Uh, And it's uh, interesting that you should mention this television programs because I think a very important feature of it is the importance of words and their uh, sort of magical power. Uh, And uh, if you think about it in sort of the 17th and the 18th century, uh, when people were not yet, uh, a lot of people weren't able to read, for instance, words had a very important uh, quality. If, If you slandered someone, you could be challenged to a duel, or you could just be killed or so what. And for instance, if someone called you a thief, well, are you going to challenge? Are you going? Are you challenging David to a duel? I'm pretty sure she said she's going to kill her boyfriend. So what? It sounded like that. <laughs> it, 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 well, I mean, if if this had been in the 18th century, I probably would have. So you're saying it's not fair? It's not fair to call Froggy a gremlin just because he's a plastic frog? No, because then uh, 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 Froggy will believe he is a gremlin. And he will take over that. So if you call someone an addict, perhaps they then start to act as an addict. So you are saying that David has slandered you with the the label of casual gaming addict. Exactly. And that therefore you you have no recourse but to A, throw down the glove and challenge him to pistols at dawn, or actually become an addict. Yeah. And go and go and just and just and just become a, a pallid, like a, a pallid, uh, pale uh, video game addict who spent all of her money on video games, and and now now you're forced out into the street to pedal for money so that you can buy more apps. David, why are you doing this to your girlfriend? <laughs> well, yeah, I hadn't, I perhaps hadn't thought of my uh, accusation in quite quite such a profound context of abuse. I I think that maybe what Anna is saying would be true if there was a situation whereby she didn't play rather a lot of computer games and I started out of nowhere calling her an addict and then she began playing a lot. I appreciate your British dramatic understatement of rather a lot. What does rather a lot describe to me the behaviour that I am that I am to deem either addictive or non-addictive. I would say spending a, a fair bit of time each day playing, and I think maybe a part of my very anecdotal evidence is the 
you know, the, the slight kind of behavioural effects of being very absorbed in computer games. But I suppose for the purposes of this case, I'm defining rather a lot by what I think are a kind of, um, I don't know. A, a <laughs> it sounds to me like you're defining rather a lot as somewhat of a fair bit. Well, it, it's it's a rather a lot, I guess, in this case, is an amount backed up by some what to me seems slightly alarming um, statistics of Anna's play in in I suppose the various games under consideration here. The the well, one of them is a game defined by um, um, some kind of malevolent avians. All right, that one has right. to do battle with by flinging other living creatures. Yes. Well, actually, I think you've, you fling the... You the, fling the, the avians. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. You've, the, you've, the, the, per, the, per, the perturbed avians, I think, would be more appropriate. Perturbed avians. Right. And the other one is a game that whose workings we're, I'm, I'm not really familiar with, but I... Well, I called in the, in the short statement I've, I've prepared for the court, I called Sweet Squash... I can't. I don't know what that is, and I don't want to know. <laughs> but let's get l- l- let's get down to hard numbers. Squeak, squeak, squash. What? How much time? What? What, what is the behavior that bothers you specifically? Um. Well, Anna comes home from work. Do you guys cohabitate? Uh, yes. Yeah. I, All right. I, I should say here that in in a way, it's not the behavior per se, or even. It's not playing computer games, or not, or not even playing a lot of them, that concerns me. It's the Anna's refusal to concede that she might be addicted to these games, that um, that seems wrong. I see. So you, you don't you don't care that she sits at home and doesn't pay any attention to you as she plays computer games all night long. You just want her to admit that she's an that she's an addict. Uh, yes, actually, I suppose that's kind of true. I I wouldn't begrudge anybody kind of. Um, what I, you know, essentially, relatively speaking, harm, harmless pleasures in comparison to some other addictive things that one might think of. But I think that that you, that, 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 yeah. that um that refusing to say that one is addicted to things which are sort of right. which which are designed you're, you're to be so you don't compelling. Want to, you don't want to fight a war on drugs. You want to you want to you want to support people's habits, but by giving them social services and and counseling. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you want to keep them from a life of crime by, by offering it up freely in cafes. Yeah, the basis of a civilized society. I understand. May I interject? And you may. Do you mind, while you make your next point, if I play a popular computer, uh, or it's a, popu- a popular uh, crossword board game that has been made into an application for my iPhone? Not at all, because that comes to where my interjection uh, is about. Uh, mm-hmm. Because create new game. Uh, yes, uh, because uh, uh, what David is Single saying player. is is that I can't do I, that. I'm not listening and interacting with him whilst playing the games. Whereas I have Expert proven Go on. that I can uh, uh, repeat back to him exactly what he has told me whilst repeat uh, back playing. To him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what he told you while playing. Yeah, I think it's possible that that might be a kind of a the kind of defense mechanism one can train oneself in. Could even be seen as a kind of I don't know, like a a grotesque replica of conversation. A grotesque replica of conversation. Go on. <laughs> you know, kind of developing the ability to uh, oh you know, specific Sorry, techniques dude, computer or strategies just to appear normal. Buxomer. 
Can you can you believe that? That I I could have gotten Buxomer, B U X O M E R for seventy six points. What were we talking about? <laughs> you see, I'm not Anna. Like that. Do you really? Do you really? So, all right, Anna, talk to me. You you when you wrote in, you mentioned that you you multitask in your in your daily life anyway. You are. A, 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 a translator, a yes. PhD student, yes, a part-time antique uh, assistant, antique dealer, yes, a detective, yes, a spy, yes, a Zeppelin pilot. Um, no. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are you getting your PhD in? Buzz marketing of games. Uh- <laughs> Uh, no, uh, it is a, a joint PhD in the Scandinavian department and the uh, translation department. So it's a, a literary translation type PhD. Oh, okay. Can, in, in English, can you describe that for me? <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> uh, oh, good, good night forever. Good night. All right. <laughs> and you also work in the antique... In the antique uh, biz, yes, you sell you sell you sell old Atari twenty six hundreds. No, not necessarily. Does the antique business mean that you that you that you actually you pawn all of your old jewelry so that you can buy more apps? Is that what that means? Uh, I wish, perhaps. I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. Perhaps. I mean, that's. Uh, I could get some serious money if I pawn the stuff we sell. Um, what do you sell? Well, we sell Chinese and Japanese porcelain from the 18th century and earlier. Old stuff. Old stuff. That's the product. It's okay to buzz market, I suppose. Yeah, well, that stuff sells itself. It doesn't need buzz marketing. Exactly. I hear Ming is merciless. <laughs> oh, good night forever. Well, it's, it's good to have you back, Bailiff Jesse. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, and then you get home and you fire up a solitaire or a spider solitaire or another one of these popular casual games on, on a device? Yes. Like on a laptop computer or a tablet type computer or a phone? Uh, uh, both a phone and a computer. All right. And then David is, is, is there attempting to make some Im- imitation of food for you, and you're just, you go, I can't talk right now, I've got to play this game? No, I, 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 I would say that I do talk to him, but he perhaps would say that I don't. Uh, uh, I mean, this, he will, he will com- continue talking for a long time, and, you know, maybe one right. doesn't and you'll take just re- anything. And you'll just repeat words that he said automatically in, in order to give the impression of having a conversation when in so, fact it's yeah, just you playing the game repeating back sort of you know enough words to give the appearance of having listened no i disagree strongly with that i, I can make uh, uh, conclusions i can make interjections additions to whatever conversation is being uh, is being had here's where i kind of am surprised by this case because i I predicted that Anna would be incredibly defensive about the use of the word addict to the point that she would start making completely specious arguments about slander in medieval times. (laughs) (laughs) And that is true. And that is true. But here's where, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the, the, the United States 
pastime called bases ball, but in bases ball, four strikes and you're out. And here's my fourth strike. No, excuse me. That doesn't make any sense at all. I had three hits and a st- and then a strike. So I go so I go immediately to the hoop, which is to say, I mispredicted this. I figured we'd be coming in here, and David would be that Anna would be defensive about the game about the word addict, and David would say, "I have no, I don't care about the word addict." I'm just trying to point out that Anna is playing computer games when we're when we're supposedly having some time together. Which is frankly, David, I am in your court to use another video gaming sports metaphor. Right. But you are saying that you don't care whether or not you have a conversation with her at all. You want her to admit that she is addicted. All right, give me the evidence. How is she addicted to these to these pastimes. I think that it, in answer to that, we, ha- we have some kind of numerical, I mean, some uh, numerical record of time. Uh, sorry, I'm just uh, finding this on a computer screen. Of um, Oh, now who's the addict? <laughs> I'm right here, David. Talk to me. Of time spent get your playing. Head out, get your eyes out of your phone and talk to me. Okay, well, I'm now looking at a screen grab from a couple of days ago. So the numbers might have got rather worse mm. since then. And this is recording right. the, the Arachnid card game. And so this is mm-hmm. in the last sort of six months or so, I suppose. And so the statistics here tell me, this is from Anna's computer, that uh, games played, 564. Games won, 33. Uh, win percentage, mm-hmm. 5.85%. Total moves, right. so total card drags, 38,000. Yeah, 38,194. And um and th- and this One, is th- the number that that seems slightly alarming I suppose as a I mean arguably whether this is too much time spent playing on a computer or not but which I think would certainly classify an addict perhaps which is total time um 6 days 1 hour 40 minutes and 5 seconds. Before we go on David yes. what is your profession are you a a statistician, a liar, or a damn liar? Because you're just throwing numbers at me, alarming numbers, like 38,194. Six days total playtime out of how many, how many days? Well, this is over Does six days mean that she's, pl- she's played uh, one game every, like, do you know, she's logged at least one game that day? No, no, or her no. Or total no. accrued playing time amounts to six days. The total accrued playing time over the approximately six months that Anna has had the, the particular computer. Six days over six months? Yeah. And so, and so, and that's, if, if I can, if I can read just one or two more numbers, that means the... Um... No, no, I don't need you to read any. <laughs> okay. Unless you're going to, unless you're going to analyze these numbers now. I just don't want to hear more numbers. Six days out of six months. Have you done the calculations of how many hours per day that is? Uh, no, I haven't calculated that, no. Anna, I know you're from Sweden, but are you a normal human being who sleeps? Uh, yes. You're not, a, you're not a Swedish let the right one in vampire, are you? No. Was that from Sweden or was that also from Finland? <laughs> no, it is from Sweden. Uh, oh, I got one right! Yeah. But have you seen the Swedish I'm, I'm version? Very, of course. I haven't seen the American version. I've only seen the Swedish version. And it's fantastic. It's really good. But I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you something. If I, that kid lived in that, uh, in that, uh, that uh, apartment complex, right? If I lived in that apartment complex in the winter, 
I would become a video game addict for sure. Exactly. But that's how we live in Sweden. That's how we live in Stockholm. Right. Right. In Stockholm. But now, but now, but now you're in the Mediterranean paradise of London. Yeah. (laughs) Much further south. Where, Where are you? Where are you in the UK actually? London? Yes. In East London. Yes. Uh, to be specific. All right. To be specific, how many hours a night do you sleep? Six, uh, six to seven. Right. So six, six hours. So let's say in six months, there are an average of 180 of, days. Of, of one, well, it would one 24 hour, 24 hours worth of gaming in each month. Continuous. No, not time. Tw- 24 hours. You're not giving me the in- information that I want. <laughs> I want to know the average hours that she plays per day. Per, per day. day. Right? So 24. So s- six times 24. We got to do this because someone yelled at me for, 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 turning, for turning away from math and disgust in an in a, in a earlier podcast. So, so it's 144 hours. 180 days and let's say let's say awake time right so 24 minus 6 is 18 yeah, i think so. <laughs> i got it right i got it right so 3 3240 hours of awake time per month 144 divided by 3240 so that's Point point. Did I did that right? Wait a minute. One hundred and eighty days times eighteen, three thousand two hundred and forty hours. One forty four divided by three thousand two hundred and forty. So that's a that's a percentage of four percent. Four percent of of your of, of your waking day. So, yeah. so that, that's four yeah. percent of Anna's waking time spent playing one one of the three games that we're. That's nothing. That she plays. That seems to That's me like one a of the relatively high percentage. So, would, but do you would you say that would you say that she that the four percent of the of her waking hours that she spends playing the generic game Spider Solitaire mm-hmm. is one third that she spends three times that amount of time factoring in the other games? That's a good question. I don't have the precise numbers for that. I would say that I would say that that's perhaps a little bit less per day than the time spent playing the um, the the perturbed avian game. The perturbed dinosaur descendants. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it goes in ebbs and, and flows. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I think so, I think Anna would concede that there are perhaps certain moments of of real exuberance with the with the avian throwing game when a new a new set of Levels of levels is released, yeah, and that kind of thing. So, so, so that one is perhaps represents a slightly less consistent um, chart than the than the card game. Anna, would you say that you, based on my, what would you what what would you estimate would be the amount of hours per day you spend on games, playing games? Maybe one hour. One hours per day. That's about. I'm trying. That's basically that's a, a little bit more than four percent of your waking hours. Do you dispute one hour per day? Um, no. No. I'm well. Of course, you don't dispute your own finding, David. Do you dispute 
one hour per day? No, I would. I'd, I'd guess that would sound about average. right. Yeah. On average. Yeah. And this was. And this was the number that you were going to use to shock me. <laughs> exactly. An hour per day. Do you have children? No. no. Are you married? No. no. What are your ages? Three, three. Uh, I'm thirty-one. Three, three. Yes. What? What are you trying? You try Are you gaslighting me? And <laughs> three, three. Thirty-three. <laughs> Is that how it's said in in <laughs> Swedish? Uh, yes. How do you say your age in Swedish? Thirty-three. Not three, three. <laughs> no, that's true, actually. Yeah, right. Three, three. So, you know how confused I am about numbers right now to begin with? Now you're going to start saying three, three to me? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, so, Anna, well, David, does Anna, does Anna, let me, let me ask you these questions. Does Anna um, uh, fail to feed and clothe herself properly because of her addiction? Uh, no. Exactly. No, that wouldn't. That would. That does would be an exaggeration. She, do, do, does she disappear for uh, uh, weeks at a time to, to go to, to to go to underground casual gaming parlors in Hong Kong? Um, no, I. You know, maybe something similar happens, sort of virtually. And I mean, you know, do you ever do you ever catch her hiding gaming from you? Uh, no. 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 Does she? Do, no. I, does she ever? Does she ever lie? Does she ever lie about gaming to you? Um, well, not not that I know of. <laughs> By default, I haven't sort of tested. I, I mean, I, I haven't tested these numbers against my own observations. You've never. You've you've never. You've never caught her in one of her many lies about her casual gaming. <laughs> not yet. No. And what and what time of day does she does she usually game? Well, I think. Uh, to an extent, before bed, so before sleeping. In the evening time? Anna, do you ever casually game in the morning? Uh, yes, I usually like to take one game in when I wake up. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like, like a pipe by do, the bedside. Do you ever go to work with casual gaming on your breath? <laughs> I, I, I would say that I do, yes. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, David is right. Do you, have any evidence to, the... do you have any evidence to s present that you are not a casual gaming addict? Uh, yes, I do. Please present it. Uh, uh, well, for, for example, I have uh, undertaken an internet addiction test. Is that a, a questionnaire? It's what? a questionnaire. Where does it... What is... Uh, and what is the pro the provenance of this internet addictive test? Uh, now let me. It it it, it is a, a study. It's by a, a woman who. Uh, now let me just see. Where is it here? Is it sponsored by the gaming industry in some way? Um, no, no, I don't think it's sponsored by the gaming industry as such. Let me just <laughs> say. Uh, but, no. but it is. She has written a book apparently, which is featured ah. on the page. This is the name of the website dot com, the Center for Internet Addiction, your source since nineteen ninety five. Oh, it's someone who offers counseling services. Exactly, yeah. To internet addicts. All right, let's go. Where is it? Assessments. This is a terrible website. <laughs> I'll tell you, this will cure me of my internet addiction in, in five seconds. What? Facts? No. Self tests. All right, let's go. Cyber sexual addiction quiz. Internet no, addiction not that test. One. <laughs> yeah. right. it, it's it's rather a long test. 
I know it is because you know what? I've already been to this website and I've taken the test. And do you know what? I can't stop taking it. <laughs> I'm just looking for an what opportunity time, to take it again. What time did you do? What time did you do? I did 2.07. You did? You, it was timed? Yeah. My, I didn't see my stats. What? That's, that, that's the kind of statistic an addict accrues from, from computer activity, I would say. It's true. You, you want constant, constant new and, and fresh stats. A target to aim for the next thrill time. thrill of fresh stats. Uh, mm. However, I would like to point so out... So the internet... But, but, to, but to give our listeners a sense of what the internet addiction test measures, it's questions along the lines of how often do you find that you stay online longer than you intended? How often do your grades or schoolwork suffer because of the amount of time you spend online? How often do you check your email before something else you need to do? How often do you fear that life without the internet would be boring, empty, and joyless? Exactly. And what did you score on this test? Uh, I scored a measly 35 out of 100. A 3-5? A 3-5. You, you scored 3-5? I did, yeah. 30 plus 5. Uh, what does 3-5 indicate? 35%. It goes into the bracket of 20 to 49 points. Yeah, I know what 35 out of 100 is. I'm not a complete... I'm not a complete... I know what 3-5 out of 100 is, but what does that mean? What is... What is the doctor who shall remain unnamed? Dr. Internet Addict, I'll cure you. Dr. Surfgood, what does Dr. Surfgood say? Well, if you're within the 20 to the 49 point that bracket, means. it says you're an average yeah. online user. You may surf the web a bit too long at times, but you have control over your usage. But if, if I may say something, I, these, these answers seem to relate to to the use of the internet in general um, right as opposed to using these you know as opposed to using particular applications these games which which are mm -hmm. also a, maintain a constant online connection for you know the counting up of their statistics and everything and the placement of one so in leaderboards um, so you're saying that there's a that there's a distinction I, I'd say there's definitely a distinction between um, between I don't know reading literary websites and playing these the the perturbed avian game. All right. Well, I'll I'll adjust some of these questions then to specifically simple, uh, reward heavy, stat heavy, casual gaming games such as uh, 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 dissident, uh, uh, winged things. Dissident. That doesn't make any sense. Not very happy. Avians. That's that's an elegant way of putting it. Not very happy, winged things. Yes. Uh, vengeful Quetzalcoatls. Yeah. Uh, how, uh, uh, David, I'm going to ask you these questions about Anna. Okay. Okay? Yes. Uh, how often would you say uh, that Anna's work suffers because of the amount of time she spends playing these games well this is rarely occasionally frequently often or always from what i know i think i would have to say occasionally ha describe a situation where her work has suffered because of the amount of time she spends playing these games well th i mean uh, there are two things here first of all i as far as i know i don't think it's unknown that anna occasionally plays these games during her during her day job at Guess certain what? moments. Guess what? You just got Anna fired. <laughs> now, now she has all day to play these games. Yes. Good job. Yeah. Well, except. Uh, Is that true, Anna? Do you play at work? 
Uh, I occasionally, I occasionally, I do. I yes, yeah. Well, I I don't think I don't think anyone has ever played solitaire at work before. No, I I don't play that one at work. How often does Anna lose sleep due to late night game playing? Anna has mentioned occasionally in the past that she has had kind of dream images of the um of the, of the the birds flying around and they're impacting on the on the and, pigs. and the other one as well and the other game too. How often does Anna snap, yell, or act annoyed if you bother her while she's playing the game? <laughs> Uh, I Rarely, would, occasionally, frequently, often, or always? Um, oc- occasionally, I think I'd have to answer for that. Occasionally? I, I think he's and, being very polite. <laughs> oh, would you answer that question differently, Anna? Uh, uh, perhaps a one step up from occasionally. Not with real... You snap not, and yell and act annoyed if he bothers you while you're playing the game? I, I I may do yes. Do you do you do, would you like to reduce the amount of time that you play these games, Anna? No. All right. <laughs> but, but but this is in a way. Would you like to increase the amount of time that you play? <laughs> well, uh, if there was more fun levels, then I would. You know, you can buy more levels. Yeah, but this is my point. I don't go across that step. I don't go across that bridge. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. But, but you have you just you, have you just you just snort them. You don't play. shoot them. Exactly. Yeah. But but this is in a way this this sort of leads to my well an aspect of my point, which is you know none of this proves that Anna is not addicted. If you if you are somebody who sort of who had a, a plentiful supply of a narcotic and they were able to sort of service it and go about their daily life, then they wouldn't necessarily wish to have less. It's kind of the enforced You're scarcity. You're describing Amsterdam. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the kind of imposed scarcity that causes a problem. And in a way, this this was precisely what led to some of the conversations regarding this case, which is in the the more recent game that Anna has, in my estimation, become addicted to, which is the one involving sweet squash. Um, sweet squash, exactly. And that game has a kind of um, has a built-in limiter in the game system, as I understand it, yeah. where once you've played a certain amount or once you've lost all of your lives, you have to wait a while before you can play again. And when Anna first encountered this limitation, then she was really quite annoyed. And how did her annoyance express itself? Um, she said how annoying it was that she couldn't play for a while and then, I dare say, went back to one of the other games for a little while in order to pass the did time you... until... <laughs> Until the sweet squashing was made available again. How, how long a delay? How long a delay is it before you're able to respawn? Well, I have now reached a certain level in this game, which means that I have to wait a full twenty-four hours. Which I would say is oh in is in it's my. Like your, it's like your veins are collapsing. <laughs> exactly. You walk, you walk back and forth. You walk back and forth, chewing your thumb, going, "Come on, come on, come on, come on." No, but this, come on, time. Come on. This, this is this is uh, my point in my favor because I think this uh, particular game uh, is a good game in that sense because it, it, it allows me to uh, have strict limits on the gaming. It enforces that upon me, which I don't actually necessarily think is uh, such a bad thing. And then it becomes exciting when. Uh, uh, and, and new and fun when I do uh, get the limit. 
And I haven't done any sneaky things like um, changing the clock on the phone, which I've heard that you can do uh, to um, reset the lives, etc., etc. Although w- yeah, when you did control. hear about You've that technique, control. you expressed some interest yeah, in I've it. I've got control. I have got control. Sure, you can stop any time you want. That's right. And, and this, yeah, no problem. That's not something that's really been tested, however. Um, you know, I, I don't think, Anna, you've, you, you've never consciously sort of decided to spend a certain amount of time without, without the computer games. No, that is true. So what are you proposing, David? Are you proposing that Anna simply accept the designation as addict, register with her local council office, start receiving methadone? And uh, and and go and go under supervised treatment. Um, I'm I'm not even sure I would really uh, I would really <laughs> wish for her to seek treatment just just to accept the term addict. Oh, so she's just going to start getting her games from the government and play uh, and play and play legally. <laughs> yes, but I, just I think, under the stigma of being an addict. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Play, playing yeah. legally, yeah. It sounds like you really just want her to feel bad about doing it. Right. You just want her to feel shame. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And and, and I think that's got a lot to do with this perceived idea that I'm not listening to him. Do you want her to reduce the amount of time that she plays? Um, That's... I think think Anna, Anna is somebody who, you know, works very hard in her daily life. And I wouldn't wish for the sake of it for her to reduce any kind of pleasures or indeed pleasurable vices, which I don't think is... Is such a terrible thing. However, so the numbers, you don't want to stop the, doing it with her. <laughs> the numbers do seem like rather a lot. Do you seek, or do you currently enjoy compensatory, non-game marred time together? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, we do. You do enjoy such time. Yeah. Yes. So, for the hour that she is gaming. There is a there is a, a compensatory hour where she where you guys are spending time together and not gaming. Um, yes, yes, I, I suppose that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not mm-hmm. on those days when the you know because perhaps there is one day when I'm not gaming at all due to certain re- things. But yeah, then, because the game is preventing you from playing. <laughs> for example, and you're mad. Yeah, <laughs> but then there is also days when I do game for more than one hour. And uh, okay. yeah, and 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 those days are a little bit different, I suppose. When a day is lost Anna, to gaming, do you, yeah. Do you do you a whole day is lost to gaming, like a lost weekend? Yeah, they can happen sometimes. <laughs> a bender. Anna, do you uh, do you really wake up in the morning and, and the first thing you do is play a game? Yes. <laughs> I like to take one in, either by the breakfast or uh, before getting up. Well, that's a continental breakfast, basically. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think I've heard everything that I need to hear in order to make my decision. I'm going to go into my my sweet new chambers, which is outfitted with an original cabinet Donkey Kong console. And I will be back in about 17 days. See you, dudes. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. David, I'm curious as to why it is that all you want is for your girlfriend to admit addiction 
If you're concerned about her addiction, why don't you want her to get help or want to help her? Well, I suppose because, I mean, you know, in, in reality, I don't think that the amount of gaming Anna does has a completely sort of disastrous effect on her life or on our life. Um, but I think it would be it would be unfair or untruthful to have it on record that it's that it doesn't form an addiction. So you're just doing this for the record? Well, in a way, I'm the, I think, technically speaking, I'm the sort of defendant in this case. Anna brings the case to say that my calling her addicted is not, is not really fair. It's, it's you know, as, as if I'm, I'm forced into the position of countersuing. Yeah, you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, you can leave it at that. <laughs> Anna, where does your boyfriend keep this uh, permanent record that he's so fond of? Does he have a filing cabinet, perhaps somewhere in the kitchen where he keeps all his grievances? I think he keeps them very neatly stored in his brain, which is why it's very difficult to get at. Did you do any gaming, Anna, during the course of this case? Uh, No. 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 (laughs) Okay. You're lying. What happened is she was gaming while she answered that question. Then she thought about it, tried to make sure that she had answered the right answer, answered it again, panicked, and then answered a third time. David, what do you think your chances are in this case? Um, I'd be. I'm worried that I'm. You know that my the nature of my countersuit might kind of sound a little um, sound a little pedantic and pointless. Dare I say? But I think. I think truth is on my side, if nothing else. Do you really think truth is what's important in a relationship dispute? (laughs) (laughs) And when I say truth, I mean capital T truth, like ancient Greek philosopher truth. Socratic truth. (laughs) Ideal truth, yes. Anna, how are you feeling about your chances? Well, I uh, have no uh, 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 regrets. I think that this is a uh, a (laughs) close-cut case in my favor because, you know, I'm just simply having a relaxed time and having fun. (laughs) That's awesome. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. So, first of all, uh, without ruling just yet on whether or not Anna is an addict, I would like to put in the record that computer games, indeed the internet itself, but computer games, and I dare say especially the new generation of casual games, such as Vengeful Quetzalcoatl's Sweet Squash and Solitaire. Well, the Solitaire is old school. But Sweet Squash, which I've now figured out what you were actually talking about. <laughs> and, and due to the, uh, the two different languages, uh, our, our, our similar cultures that are separated only by a language, only now have I figured out what it was. I had a completely different idea of what it was. I thought it had something to do with vegetables. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, I right. see. I see. Yeah. But now I understand it has something to do with candy and a v- sweet for candy as opposed to an adjective describing candy. 
Now I get it. But these kinds of games, whether or not Anna is an addict, they are addictive. I mean, almost the definition of neurologically and chemically addictive, because these are dopamine pumps. That's what they are. Dopamine is the neurotransmitter that's emitted in the brain when it anticipates pleasure. It is the key to the pleasure center of the medial forebrain. It has an evolutionary function. The brain triggers for pleasure when we eat food that we like and especially sweets and fatty food when we drink uh, or when we have uh, uh, sex because that's what we need to do to survive in, uh, in general and especially in starvation situations. Now, obviously, these all become addictive behaviors because overactive dopamine heightened by stimulants like uh, cocaine, for example, they over-trigger our desire to seek out the same pleasure over and over and over again. That's how they become sort of life altering addictive behaviors. And in fact, in 2011, a study at Stanford University showed that even though playing video games is arbitrary and serves no evolutionary function, like throwing the thing at the thing or, or smashing the candies or whatever it is, the action of a simple reward-based video game still triggered the same pleasure centers like the nucleus accumbens and the amygdala. And casual gaming is particularly efficient in this triggering because the gameplay is so simple it's essentially stripped down to a, I dare say, solitary, repeated, quick, fast reward system backed up, of course, by these self-competitive stats. I mean, how many uh, casual games are there in which you are literally running through a maze looking for pellets to collect like a mouse or a Pac-Man or a, uh, or, uh, or a, a, a I can't name the, the terrible game that I was tricked into buzz marketing before. Uh, but it is one of these games where you just run through a maze. This is like, it's like subtext becomes text. And according to psychology today, it's not the destruction that a vengeful Quetzalcoatl causes that triggers the dopamine response, but it's wanting to know precisely what form the destruction will take. In other words, it's not the, the pleasure itself. It's the seeking of pleasure that becomes addictive. What's around the next corner? What's around the next corner? What's around the next corner? That's dopamine it's the artificial triggering of the desire, or that, that's the dopamine effect of these games, the artificial triggering of the desire to seek reward after reward after reward after reward. Now, you might describe this as fun, and it is fun because you, you are triggering literal pleasure in your brain. But please don't fool yourself into thinking that this is not like clinically addictive stuff. I mean, this is dangerous stuff. Anyone who has... A, a, a an eight-year-old or a four-year-old in the house using your iPad will soon have statistics made very clear for you just how many games are played and how easy it is to hijack your Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> and then how quickly the and how quickly the dependency becomes on the games to fill up time because you desire that dopamine response when you don't have it. Do you know, and you desire it so badly that the rest of the life uh, around you can can get to seem very joyless and and uh, and and uninteresting, and kind of milk toasty, like David, your boyfriend. No, I'm just kidding. You're nice, but and I, I say all of this not to suggest that these games are bad because it's not just these games. I think these games are particularly potent, and indeed, you know, studies are being done about the specific actions of vengeful quetzalcoatls on the brain because it seems to be one of the most sort of like compellingly addictive of these games 
And to the point that I believe the company that owns it now is so successful that it is as successful as a major airline, which I guess isn't saying it's very successful at all. Actually, it's doing terribly. But, you know, it's a, it's a creatively successful game, and it is, I, don't, I don't mean to besmirch any particular game, but, but some are definitely more addictive than others. And the proof is Sweet Squash, right? Because Sweet Squash wouldn't put in the the game the the play restriction if it didn't know it was going to drive you crazy <laughs> it's very addictiveness becomes not a bug but a feature of the game bringing you back for more and i am not saying this to say that these games are bad they are no worse than anything that triggers that kind of pleasure response whether it is fatty food or sweet food or alcohol or cigarettes, which let's face it, are pretty bad or, uh, or, or more, more, uh, life promoting activities like intercourse or social media or email or crossword puzzles or jigsaws or knitting, especially knitting, boy, knitting. Try, try telling, try telling me that's not an addictive habit. Because with all of those things, even with the jigsaw puzzle, which is like as as wholesome as it gets, it's it's uh, it's it's dopamine. You need to put in the next piece to see how this thing turns out. The promise of pleasure is there all the time. But with knitting, at least with knitting, at least as much as I loathe it, you do get a scarf. And with po- popular word board games, you get to make words like buxomer, which is important. So whatever you want to say, Anna. This is happening in your brain. To suggest otherwise would be to deny that alcohol is intoxicating, or that pizza is delicious, or that consensual sex is awesome, or that the third man is the best movie ever made. To what degree you are addicted, though, not speaking chemically, brain-wise, of course, relies on your own behavior. Does your dopamine-seeking interfere with ordinary life? And I have to say that even though you admit that you game first thing when you wake up in the morning, uh... I'd be lying if I didn't say I I check my Twitter first thing when I wake up in the morning. You know, there's a reason why Twitter is so popular as well, because it's incredibly twitchy. It's incredibly dopamine responsive, or I should say dopamine uh, 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 provocative, right? But even so, I would say I'm also someone who enjoys a martini. I am also someone who encourages people not to smoke cigarettes, but it happens that people do. I am someone who encourages people to enjoy the enjoyable things in life in, in, in moderation and in balance with the rest. And if, if you can do that without it seriously harming your health uh, or seriously harming your relationships, then I see no problem with it. I do, I do see, well, but, you know, I want you to understand that you're dealing with something um, that is uh, habit-forming, to say the very least. And on balance, do either of you smoke cigarettes? No. No. I like that long end on that no, Anna. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and I don't do any other... uh, uh, I don't drink very much, and I don't take any other drugs. And do you smoke cigarettes? No. Why do you keep pausing before you answer? Uh, no, it's just I need to get to the microphone. 
<laughs> and wishing but, to be absolutely clear, I think. Yes, yeah. <laughs> David, does she occasionally smoke cigarettes, like, at a bar? Very, very, very occasionally. All right. All right. That is about the only, I mean, here's the thing, just to be clear about how I feel about cigarettes, compared cigarettes to casual gaming, they may be equally brain chemically addictive, but you can do some casual gaming. Like I I don't, I I think there's the, 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 the point at which casual gaming becomes a threat to your physical health is almost impossible to to contemplate unless you're doing it while you're driving, for example. I don't have but a driver's of, license. But but the point, and I hope you never get one, but the point at which smoking cigarettes becomes a threat to your physical health is almost Im- immediately. Do you know what I mean? But I, I, I certainly know people who enjoy an occasional cigarette. That's just, and I wouldn't call, and truly I wouldn't call them addicts if they are having a cigarette once or twice a month or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I, given that you only enjoy cigarettes very occasionally, but you are willing to lie about it on a podcast, you are addicted to cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) But given that you use internet uh, casual gamings, I'll call them as an old person, uh, every day for an hour or more a day, including when you first wake up, but you are able to speak frankly about it and not hide it from me or your boyfriend means to me that though, though both are addicted, addictive behaviors, you are not addicted to casual gaming. Come back to me when you weigh 35 pounds and you haven't eaten for days and your teeth are falling out because you're waiting for sweet squash to, to reboot until then, this is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Anna, how do you feel about the result? I feel very, very happy about this result. Tell me why. Well, because uh, now I can have that as a sort of, uh, I can tell him that every time every he time. sees me play. <laughs> that, uh, well, now, the- wait a minute, wait a minute. I haven't left the courtroom, and i got to say this right now. I'm talking about your status, and I'm saying status because I'm speaking to foreigners, right now. Right. But that doesn't mean, that this precedent doesn't last forever. Your beh- if your behavior changes, it this is addictive stuff. If you become addicted and can't control and it's starting to harm your livelihood and your relationship with David, I mean, the only reason I'm not yelling at you right now is that David seems to have no problem with the fact that you disappear into your, into your, into your weird gaming world for an hour every day. Uh, and, he, and, and you guys clearly love each other and have enough time together where you're not gaming. But, 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 be, but be warned. Uh, my ruling here is based on your day-to-day behavior. Okay. If you if you start going crazy, I'll call you an addict all day long. You can't hold this precedent over David for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. After yeah. you've painted your windows black. So be happy now, but do not. You know what I mean? Sorry, go ahead, Jesse. Now you can you can continue your post-interrogation. David, how do you feel? 
Well, a little disappointed. I suppose, though, I mean, the, the question was a semantic one, so it was always, you know, bound to be left open to interpretation. It was semantic on your part, but it was not semantic on my part. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she was going to have to live. She was going to have to live with the slander, exactly, of a yeah. misapplied word. Words with are magical, scarlet, as we learned with earlier. With the scarlet letter of A for addiction. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. So maybe the judgment has sort of saved us from a greater evil. You understand, David, that if you had come to me at any point during this and just say, "I wish, I wish my girlfriend would pay more attention to me instead of gaming all the time," I would have found in your favor in a second. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, but you did. But you came to me with a semantic argument, and you paid the price. Oh well. David, Anna, thanks for joining us on the Dead Sean Hodgman podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for. From family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these. And I got one for my dad. And I got one for my mother-in-law. And it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long. And we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com promo code Hodgman terms and conditions apply. The judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babel. Okay. It's 2024. 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. 
One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Today, Midnight and Squeaky are going to play Three Blind Mice for us. Oh, my God. Oh. Go ahead, Midnight. Don't Come do on, that. Midnight. Oh, Let's that poor cat. Started. No. Three. Come on, the next one. Blind. Oh, this is unbearable. Uh, Judge Hodgman. Oh, my God. Oh, oh Jesse. Oh, 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 I can't take it. It's just too depressing. The cat is strapped down to a toy piano bench and is being forced to play the piano. And the mouse. Look at this, Jesse. Look at this mouse. Oh, Judge, Judge Hodgman. No, take. turn it off, Judge Hodgman. Turn it now off, the, the Judge The mouse Hodgman. is being forced to play the harmonica. Judge, turn it off. Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm all right. I'm okay. Look, I can control myself. I'm, I, I can turn it off at any time. You can't. I've brought all your family no, and friends. I just want to watch a little bit more. I just want to watch a little bit no, more. No, turn it off, Judge Hodgman. Judge Hodgman, this is not a joke. This is real. This is your life. Is this an intervention? Yes, and I've brought all your... I'm addicted to watching f- Midnight and Squeaky on three blind, playing Three Blind Mice. I've, bought, I've brought all your friends here. Uh, me. Oh... All right, I guess I got to take this seriously. Listen, you've got two choices. The first is an intervention where I tell you all the different ways that your addiction to internet videos of creepy 1950s children's television programs has affected my life. The alternative is we can just clear the docket and say nothing more of it. Clear, clear the docket, please. Okay, here's something from Christopher. My wife and I differ on what's appropriate listening material while on road trips. I would like a mix of music and relatively short periods of talk, such as NPR five-minute daily news summaries, Smothers Smothers Brothers comedy albums, or the occasional podcast, depending on the length of the trip. 
My wife prefers a music-only playlist, as she finds talk boring. Her complaints over NPR have influenced our five-year-old son, who now reflexively says, Oh, not NPR, that's so boring, as as soon as he hears talking over the radio. Judge Hodgman, please order my wife to honor my listening preferences at least part of the time and prohibit her complaints during talk radio. Well, this is a Judge John Hodgman staple. I mean, this is basic principles. Whoever is driving chooses, period. If you're the one driving, you go ahead and you you rock that NPR. You rock that bullseye. You rock that Ask Me Another. Take it easy on the Prairie Home Companion. And really take it easy on the Smothers Brothers. (laughs) And that's not NPR. And obviously the Smothers Brothers are comedic geniuses. But you have to... that's, That's hardcore. You know what I mean? You don't want your kid growing up telling his wife or husband that you made him listen to the Smothers Brothers in the car. That's going to make you look bad. Just that may be private for yourself. Uh, But I definitely say if you're driving, go for it. And I certainly am against anyone who would poison a child against public radio because that that's going to hurt all of us. And specifically Jesse and me. That said, if she's the one driving, she can choose whatever she wants to listen to. It can be music all the time. And if she's the one driving, then you have to shut up about it. You cannot put Smothers Brothers on when someone else is driving unless you want to get into an accident. Can I just say that I am so charmed by the idea of him listening to the Smothers Brothers in his private time? Like he, he goes, <laughs> down, goes down to his den. The kids, the kids are away at school. His, his, wife is at, his wife is at her mother's. And he just lights his pipe sits back in his bark lounger and listens to mom always liked you best that's exactly what i was about to say you took the reference out of my mouth i'm sorry i knew it's the only (laughs) reference that could be made and i just wanted to share that with you because i'm addicted to cultural references i apologize jesse that was awful of me that was monstrous of me but do you disagree i mean smothers brothers that's like that's hardcore twee and it's not to say that dick and tommy smothers are not comedic legends and comedic geniuses and mom always liked you best tommy smothers is i got you know i think that guy that guy is sung he's not an unsung hero of comedy but he's not sung enough yeah and they and they for something from 50 years ago are still pretty funny based on the sort of timelessness of smart guy dumb guy yeah it's it's i mean and dick dick smothers is one of the greatest straight persons in the world but again, like you might, you might as well, uh, you know, it's it's just you might as well be playing, you might as well be playing Froggy the Gremlin for your family. But you know what? You know, that's is weird it, stuff. That's weird stuff for late nights alone with a little marijuana. You know what's in that vein that I think would play well with a family audience, perhaps even his wife, um, and you know, isn't far off that uh, that target is the uh, 1960s albums of Bill Cosby. Uh, no question. Hold up exceptionally well. Perfect for all audiences. There's nobody that doesn't perfect. like Bill Cosby. You know what, Jesse? You should put together a a, a series of comedy recording mixtapes for different situations. <laughs> you think you think I should get the cause on the phone and ask him about his? I think you should become a com- Yeah, you should become a com- no. Just just make the make the make the playlist. You don't have to actually re- release the tapes. Well, folks can always listen to Bullseye from National Public Radio and MaximumFun.org's annual Best Comedy of the Year special. 
for an actual comedy mixtape actually made by me once a year. And obviously people can listen to any of my audiobooks since we're doing some buzz marketing. If you're going on a long 17-hour drive, why not download the That Is All audiobook? But let me say this. You know how much I support public radio. And I love Billy Collins, former poet laureate of the United States. And I have nothing against Writer's Almanac. But please, public radio, listen to me. If Garrison Keillor takes another break, would you please consider John Darnielle as interim Writer's Almanac dude? Because that's something I'd like to hear. I think he'd be great at it. Hey, if you get the chance, uh, review Judge John Hodgman in iTunes and tell a friend about it. It's a free, easy way to make us rich, powerful men. And may I say thank you to everyone who came out to the show in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was an incredibly fun, lively crowd and a very gracious crowd. And I'm very grateful to you all for coming. It was a real delight to perform for you. I'm going to be touring more throughout the fall on my own and with Kristen Schaal and Eugene Merman. You can check it all out at johnhodgman.com slash tour. Jesse, who came up with the name for this week's episode? This week's episode was named by Kate Powers. If you'd like to take a crack at naming a future episode of the show, like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jesse Thorne, J-E-S-S-E-T-H-O-R-N. I'm at Hodgman, H-O-D-G-M-A-N. No E in Hodgman. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Meow. Let's try it again. Stop it, you monster. Stop hectoring that cat. I love this. I hate it. Oh, my God. This is the most depressing thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Goodbye. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.